Welcome to the Cosnetic Podcast. This podcast amplifies the topics you want to hear about. Cosnetic means being a person, a thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energized. Globally minded and locally focused. I'm Keith Vinson. And I'm Rodrigo Ross. So today we're talking about stimulating. Stimulating. And STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. And so today our special, special guest. So special. I'm excited. Is Dr. Tanya Grimble. She has a doctorate of education, specializing in curriculum and instruction. Good job, Keith. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, that was so excellent. Dr. G, tell us all about this uh, degree you have specializing in, in curriculum and instruction. What is all oh. that? Thank you guys for having me. So first off, my doctorate is in education. I specialize in curriculum instruction because I believe in developing programs that integrate STEM education. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the areas that is my expertise and the area that I I do a lot of my publications on. So STEM is near and dear to my heart. And I'm glad you guys are doing a podcast about this. Well, thank you, ma'am. So I want to jump into this whole thing around STEM and in particular, uh, like women in in STEM and then also minorities in in STEM. So as technology advances, they say, you know, it's going at this real rapid speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as a result, increasing numbers of jobs require STEM skills and knowledge. Right. Uh, However, STEM jobs are still majority underrepresented by women. And so the stat says, while women constitute almost 50 percent of the labor market, right. there are only 28 percent of women in STEM fields as opposed to 72 percent of men. Wow. Wow. And which is really fascinating because I'm thinking just the makeup industry alone, right? Like the science behind all of their beauty products and all of your makeup. And you mean to tell me that only 28% of women are in the field in billion dollar industries like that? Yes. um, You know, many of the careers that are often uh, represented of STEM involve more men in those areas. Hmm. Um, They haven't been able to pinpoint exactly why that is, but I'd like to encourage parents at a younger age to start introducing uh, a lot of their younger daughters into STEM so that they can have that exposure. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing that a lot of companies are starting to do is to take away that representation of the the female representation of your Legos need to be pink in order to let them, you know, play that and vice versa, right? So it's really about, you know, marketing strategies, correct? So if they are marketing to a specific group, then most likely boys are going to want to go into those areas. And so that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons Mm -hmm. Legos went to changing their colors. But what they found was, was that most girls didn't really want to care to play with Legos that were pink and all the different, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. colors. They wanted all of the other colors that the men uh, or the boys that were using, right? And so I, you know, I would encourage parents to start introducing their kids to STEM, you know, opportunities early, no matter what that looks like. If it's robotics, if it's drones, if it's, um, you know, science, uh, all of those areas, math has a lot to do with STEM, uh, with STEM. So we really want to encourage a lot of our girls to integrate into math and and those types of things. So, yes, you, you will find that there is a low representation of women, but we are making to come in, you know, like everybody yeah. is yes. trying to, you know, explode into that that arena. 
Yeah, I, I was reading an article the other day talking about Legos way back in the 70s. They actually put a statement out saying, you know, and encouraging parents, you know, don't limit your children with our Legos. If your sons want to build doll houses, then let them. If your girls want to build spaceships, then let them. Just don't, you know, hinder young people's creativity. Just just let them just create and, and, and reimagine the world through Legos. Yeah, my daughter, you mentioned that color about pink. Uh, we tried to give her pink uh, early on, and she was like, eh, yeah, that, that, ain't, that ain't my color. And I, I, I try to slide that in every once in a while, no. and it's still like, eh, no, no. still, still, still I, I not I thought it that. was just me, Keith, me either. I think my child would be physically sick if I made her wear pink. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so, Dr. G, um, how do how do, you, how do we help uh, girls to create this brave uh, opportunity to step into the space of uh, STEM and step into it boldly? You know, a lot of universities are, have been conducting a lot of studies on, you know, introducing girls into STEM. And one of the things that they um, they recognize is that girls need their own group so that they're not monopolized by the male masculinity that happens in the environments when we're introducing STEM. So they do need their own groups that they are able to just work with girls, doing STEM stuff with girls. And it just kind of lets them have that in inclusivity that allows them to really engage more and explore more without having that other presence that is there and they feel that intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're going to see a lot of uh, women engineers and women, you know, uh, in STEM that are offering these types of, you know, resources to girls to involve their own program. And I know that I was working with the Y at one point where we were actually trying to bring more of these girl groups uh, together to do STEM and introduce it in a way that just doesn't allow this competition to happen that normally happens in this world, right? So those are some of the things. So, you know, people out there that are listening, you really want them to think about, okay, if I have a bunch of girls to come over for a sleepover, this might be a great opportunity to have a group that does some sort of, you know, uh, STEM activity or challenge. I mean, first Lego leagues is one of those, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know. I've I've found through the years, especially with my own children, like you don't have to start with building a NASA rocket ship, right? Like right. you could start with all kinds of really fun activities and and things that cause reaction. I can't tell you how many times I probably messed up my kitchen sink with baking soda and um <laughs> and vinegar, well, you know. Right? You know what? Bubble over. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that, Rob, because most of the time we don't realize that we're already starting girls off with this when we are in the kitchen and having them cook, right? Mm-hmm. Because cooking involves all core components of STEM, where it involves the actual science and the math and the technology that goes beyond that, especially like if you were baking a cake. I just wrote an article recently that talks about how you're adding all those components to make a true STEM uh, you know, project. And so cooking is one of those things. You, you start with the end goal in mind where you're you're designing that you want to make something really nice and good like so if you want to make a really nice cake you got to make sure you put all the ingredients in it right Right, Uh, right. but all of the technology and everything that's used for that are the pans and the oven and you know all of the the things that that help build that cake so that's that engineering part of that so you're all mothers and parents are pretty much already doing this when they introduce that part but don't just do it for the girls you got to do it for the guys too right there's a lot of male chefs that are out there you know, more than there are women. <laughs> Boys need to learn how to cook too, Keith. Keith. I tell you what, oh. 
my daughter before she went back to school. Now that you, now, now now I'm putting all this together. She was cooking up some stuff. She made one night. She made some uh, some shrimp and pasta. Oh my goodness, boy! And little did you know, your baby was a whole scientist. I, I, I tell you what, my, my so my daughter's going into uh, nursing. She's studying to be a nurse um, right now. So I guess the combination of nursing and this cooking, she's she's on the right path. She's on the right path. Okay, she, she's okay. A Girl, for sure. So, so Dr. G, so we're in this whole um, online learning right now, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, actually getting everybody attached even more so to technology in, in some way. What do you recommend to parents as they enter into this online space of learning right now? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, this is not where kids want to be and where parents want to be, obviously. Right. Um, but, you know, now you're having a lot of FaceTime because now this is what's required so that our kids can stay safe. One of the things I would recommend to parents is, you know, operate this as though it's an actual schedule um, and, and really keep them on that schedule, but allow them to go away from the FaceTime so that they can at least have that break. Right. Change yeah. up your environment a little bit. Why not have your virtual class outside? You know, so if there's a really nice little spot outside you can go ahead and have that. And now they have their first day outside, but their second day, once it gets really hot, is in- indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't suggest having your location for their ro- their their classroom be in their room. They need a separate space for that. So allow them to have an office space where they would go and do their work, and then their room is their space. Um, so then that way they can kind of break off. We don't always go back and forward in our rooms to, you know, for, for work as well. So you want to keep that in mind. The other thing is, is a allow kids to research. They're already online. So let them Mm -hmm. research and learn the process that goes with research. The technology can actually be uh, beneficial if you know how to use it correctly, right? Um, So, so, uh, and then I would even, you know, have fun with it. Uh, Have them do a time capsule of their day where they have to record their every, you know, moment, and then they can speed up the time capsule and show, hey, this was my day today, you know, and make a little diary. A great idea, you know. But it's it's about allowing STEM. STEM can be a lot of fun if done correctly. And uh, I know that this virtual world is not something that they want to have. I mean, you are missing practicum experience when it comes to STEM because you don't have that space where you can actually do hands on. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah. now you talk about fun, and you talk about space, and you talk about creativity. Now, you were the uh, creator of the makerspace uh, for the YMCA. Yes. Um, we have a lot of YMCAs that are listening to the podcast. Can you tell us about how you created that space and then what other YMCAs can do to uh, make this happen when our, our doors kind of fully open back up? Or maybe there's some suggestions even when they're, when they're not open up right now fully. Yeah. Uh, some of the things that I would have uh, have in a, in a makerspace, which I thought was very important, was that you need to have your space that's mobile. Okay, uh, a, a STEM makerspace has mobility, which means it can transform itself when it needs to be, because you never know what project you're going to be doing at a certain time. So you need to make sure that you're allowing for a maximum amount of space, and you also want to have these these areas where you allow for group work, um, this this cohort work that that happens. Um, technology is always important to a space for STEM 
them, but it's not always the be all end all for that either. A lot of the stuff you want to do even outdoors. So um, I think I visited one of your um, locations and I immediately saw how they could uh, they could actually operate a garden and help their community in that area. So STEM is not just all about the technology indoors. You can also utilize the technology and things outdoors. Right. And yes. so you can end up the, the ground was so, um, you know, so fruitful that it could actually produce really great products and you can have a nice, nice little market by the next year that can offer for your community or even your markets, those kind of things. And with a pandemic like what we're in right now, wouldn't that have been great if you already right, had right. something already up and going, right? Yeah. Um, you, we have UTA, which is biggest on agriculture. You've got a lot of universities here in Texas that are big on agriculture. And so you want to kind of capitalize on that area too. But STEM is so broad that we tend to think only about technology, engineering, and all of those things. But there's so many other layers to it. And, and I would suggest that if you're trying to open that up, really utilize and, and examine your spaces, indoor and outdoor, to allow yourself to have that creativity for an actual STEM space. Does that make I sense? Know. I will tell you, I went to the maker space that you created uh, at one of the Y's, and it is not just for kids. When I tell you <laughs> I was in that maker space having the most fun, I, I could absolutely understand why kids would want to be in there all day, every day. So, heck, it, it's definitely one of those things you can even kind of encourage parents, hey, go spend some quality time with your kids and go go make something together. You you sent a STEM package home one time um, for my son where he had to build a tower out of uh, the spaghetti, the raw spaghetti and gumdrops. Well, we didn't finish because we ran out of gumdrops. I, but I that's another that story. I knew that was coming. So I we knew. spent quality time together and More we researched and, and eating gumdrops. Um, and we researched and we looked at YouTube videos on how to build this tower and we had an amazing plan. But then I messed up and I started eating gumdrops and then he started eating gumdrops and then we didn't have enough materials. And so there's that. And so, so when we talk about makerspace, that you know, define define that because some people may not know what that what that looks like. Cause you had a lot of different things inside of that uh yeah. inside of that makerspace. Yeah, um, sure. The makerspace is basically uh, a space where you can create and be innovative. It's a it's supposed to be an area where it's a blank slate and kids come in and they and you give them supplies and they're allowed to just form and create things without any kind mm -hmm. of major instruction. All you're doing is giving them the materials that they need to kind of evolve their idea and then it's just allowing them to come up with it. These are how scientists, these are how I, great ideas are made. I mean, if you just look at Bill Gates, he thought of something in his garage. So imagine if you had a space where you can allow kids to just come to and they, they can tune out all of the noise, tune out all of the, the teacher instruction and just think and create and use their, their skill. That's that's what you want. And, yeah. and talk, talk specifically about some of the things, though, that you had in your, your space so you can create this picture for our listeners yes, who sir. may not be familiar with uh, the makerspace. So in one area, we had photography um, that was going on and you can use in people like photography. What are we going to do with that? Well, there's a whole lot you can do with this. You can actually do some animation. You can actually do some print art. You can actually do, um, uh, you know, some entrepreneurship that some of the, the teens could do. I don't know. One of my teens decided to um, create their own greeting cards based off of something that they designed and drew. Wow. 
um, from the picture that they they took. So now that's something as a side business that she does. And with COVID happening, the, she's doing sympathy cards. So it's one of those, you know, great little moments that you, you didn't realize your team could actually take and do that, right? And then in another section, we had all about robotics and where they can do coding and actually have robotic wars, those kind of things. And they actually did that. Um, and then in another section, we had um, an actual sound booth where you can actually produce music. And that's one of the biggest areas for teams right now is trying to do that that music production yeah, I know. I, I didn't know. I'm going I'm to be a rap star. Me too. Uh, continue on, Dr. G. <clears throat> so, so then in, in the other area, we had a um, a gaming section where we could actually do some gaming um, and allow kids to actually do some competing in, in, in-house. in um, That was going to be a little teen night where they would actually do some gaming one-on-one. But while some kids weren't gaming, they were going to be learning how to design games and also the degree paths that are now offered in many universities for gaming. Um, so a lot of kids don't even realize they can get degrees in this, you know, so they actually have that. Um, and then we had a whole engineering section that just allowed you to um, create, innovate, uh, come up with any kind of, you know, engineering you wanted to do. And we where you deal with drones and uh, build drones, fly drones, all of these kinds of things. So there's a multitude of things that could happen in that space. But that just kind of gives you the layout of what it looked like. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. After I came out of the, the studio recording my rap album, I went to the forensic section and then I solved the crime. So it was a full day. And you know what? That's a good way to put your rap game <laughs> as a crime. So, Dr. G, before we close out, I want to touch I want to touch base on one more uh, important thing. We talked about at the beginning about the underrepresentation of women, but there's also the space of, uh, of, of, of women of color also. So once that says... Uh, only one out of 20 employed scientists and engineers are black women or Latinas. Can you talk a little bit uh, about that? Sure. Um, what we're experiencing is that if if we don't allow accessibility in certain areas where women dominate, then we won't encourage them to go into these fields nearly as, as high as we should, right? Yeah. I mean, Again, you can't be what you can't see, right? So mm. if, if you're not allowing students to have accessibility, this is going to be the problem. Um, I think we need to start redesigning how we market to these these young ladies and we need to and how we're offering it. So if we're marketing to them and I, and I hate to say this, but this is a stereotypical stereotypical thing. But if you market to them in pink, but not offer the uh, the engagement in pink, then it really brings them, you know, a little closer. Right. Because it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's that's more in my area. I'm, if I'm a guy, I'm not going to go to anything that looks like pink. OK, <laughs> but a girl might be like, wait a minute, that might look like me, but when they get into the environment, now it's all hands-on. You know, now it's, it, it can be anything they want it to be, right? I do believe this, this we're on to something when you are allowing girls to have their own group to eliminate that masculinity competition that happens. That's the most important. Um, and if we can provide those spaces and opportunities for them, then chances are they're going to be represented. But for minorities especially, we need to be offering a location that is in their space. They can't always get to some of these spaces that we are, are are hosting a lot of this. So maybe our we need to be on wheels. You know, stems on wheels need to actually be getting getting its, its way out there so that it's in the community and they have consistent access to it. Um, yeah. and that's the most important. 
I love that STEM on wheels, that whole idea of having these mobile STEM opportunities that just yeah. roll around and, and meet people where they are. Yes. yes. But this has been amazing talking about STEM ulating. STEM ulating. <laughs> Good job, Keith. Good Thanks, job. Dr. G, for uh sharing with everybody. Uh this has been this has been awesome right here. And uh thank everyone for listening to Cosnetic. Where our conversations are global. Globally minded and locally focused. Check us out at ymcadallas.org slash cosnetic and leave us some of the top things you like to do in the STEM space with your kids. And as always, stay dynamic, stay energized, stay cosmetic.